0: What's up everybody welcome to the kind of funny podcast i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside the producer slash seducer nick scarpino
1: Hold on, I have to up the brightness a little bit everybody wait now if you're an perfect. audio listener
0: nick needed to up the now brightness. it's perfect he does now look better perfect. i hate it but he does look better <laughs> i mean it worked call it what it is I'm nick at what point did you go through the looking glass and the hat where you're like you know i was doing this as a
1: lark and now it's the look I don't know what a lark is, Greg. I don't know what that weird 1940s <laughs> turn of phrase is, but I will say that it's mostly because I don't wash my hair every day anymore. Sure, um, I just don't feel like that's, it was like, I was like drying it out because I was using a lot of the, the, that like for him shampoo. So now sure. I'm going the opposite way with it. I'm like, I'm letting the oils kind of set in, but it doesn't look Natural. very good. And I just don't feel like doing it. I don't want to put a bunch of crap in it. So I need other hats. The problem, sure. and I know you're saying, why don't you wear the kind of funny hat? Great question, Greg. It's really dirty and I, I don't really know how to clean the hat. Put it in the like, wash I don't know how machine. to wash a hat. Is that what you do? Yeah, Just it goes the
2: clunk, the clunk, 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 yeah. clunk, but you'll be fine. Okay. I got a million beanies, Nick, and they, they, need, they've survived for years. Do not oh, the put a hat, hat in a washing machine.
0: Yeah, see, I see.
1: this is what I was going to say. I was like, the bridge going to come out shaped like we a double.
0: 30 under 30, aka the second best baby blues in San Francisco, aka the verified one at Tim Gettys. What are you Let, talking about?
3: Let's him most. I'm right there with with Nick, though, uh, for different reasons, but it's just like, it's so easy to just be lazy, not a product in your hair, just put that beanie on. Sure. I got a couple of beanies. And to be clear, Gia has a couple of beanies that I've just been stealing. They're mine yeah. now. Yeah, that blue one I wear, wear. the gray what i wear those are all hers doesn't matter what matters is today greg miller today i woke up we had to wake up early we had a production meeting and stuff didn't have time to shower Dude, i took a 9 a.m production meeting so way, at that point, point i like had we're cracking <laughs> we're not we're not having the sun in the roof but I, we, I have a long day i have a long day of content i was shooting content from from then till we got until five there's a lot of stuff in between so i was like i don't have time to shower here because i was on games daily and all that point yeah. is showered in the middle of the day decision had to be made am i gonna be it am i gonna be lazy or am i gonna do my hair tonight because we are making another return to the cinema baby and that's exactly what i damn did we're watching black widow tonight in theaters and i can't freaking wait baby
0: now, speaking of course, <laughs> he just heads with a God, I hate sphere. the fidget spinners so <laughs> much. I, I just carry on a camera ring. So, I mean, I understand. We're all fidgeting. I my
1: beards, for it. I just do this. Speaking all of
0: podcast. the cinema, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. He is the managing editor at Fandom. It's Eric Goldman. Hello, Eric. Hello, gentlemen. Nice to see y'all.
4: Pleasure to see you. How excited are you to be going back to theaters? I'm very excited. I mean, uh, I think it was was it Feb- uh, April 21st. I was fully vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, my week after my second shot, and I've gone to a, a lot of movies since then. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressively yeah. going to the movies. Uh, it had been very difficult for me to not be going to the theater. So uh, yeah, I'm all about that theater life. It's, it's funny because I
0: don't know Eric
4: Goldman, uh,
0: ladies and gentlemen. You have missed out. Eric Goldman worked with us at IGN for years and years and years.
4: How long were you at IGN, Eric? I was at IGN for eleven years. God
0: damn, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. And then what? You went from there to Marvel, is that right? Yeah. Yep. And then you went from Marvel not a fandom. Awesome. And so like movies have defined you forever.
4: (laughs) Pretty much. I was the uh, I was how dorky were you as a kid? I was uh, pre-internet. I was buying variety as like a ninth grader so I could find out what was filming and uh, keep up with the production. (laughs) Where were, were you living in L.A.? Yeah. I, I okay. I feel like yeah, that's I, more acceptable. I, you're like in Iowa. I know, I it, it makes it sound like I had like a producer father or something, which I didn't. You know, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just
1: really into it. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I first started. um I did an internship my senior year of college, and I remember walking in and looking down and seeing Variety, and I was like, I don't. There's a magazine about what happens in Hollywood. This is the weirdest thing to me. And they're like, Yeah, like a lot of like news gets broken there. And I'm like. What, don't we have this thing called the internet now and they're like nah it's not the same not the same as right take off it's yeah. never gonna
0: work don't <laughs> worry about that um eric you're here for a very special reason um what was it uh, uh last week i believe oh yes hold on tuesday june 29th actually at 12 59 p.m out of the blue <laughs> apropos of nothing tim getty slacked me we got to get Eric Goldman on the kind of funny podcast one day just to tell
3: his craziest name drop stories. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't yeah. out of nowhere. Actually, there, there was reason I'm happy you had the date because I was going back on his Twitter and I couldn't find the impetus of this because he tweets a lot. And I will say, everybody, you should follow at the Eric Goldman. Is that correct? Yes, that is the cr- Eric Goldman, <laughs> Eric with a C. Goldman with the gold, uh, because I love following you for from a multitude of reasons. But the main thing is this is a man that loves movies. Yes. and I love when you go back and re-watch movies and do your Twitter threads, like your live tweets as you're watching stuff. It is always such a fun, nostalgic look back at old things, your reviews or previews of upcoming stuff. I'm always fascinated by, but anyways, it's just to get that out of the way. Big fan of all that thank stuff. You, but you. but on June 29th, you must have tweeted. Give me one sec to find this. You know what? Remember I you wrote it. you wrote back to me, and I'm trying to remember what it was a story I, so, I had. I don't have the exact words. I'm not going to quote yeah. it, but the the idea was that you tweeted out. Uh, you know, now that the Florence Pugh is in uh, yes. Black Widow, she's like having this moment. She's been having a moment for a while. Now this is just another step in that giant, giant Hollywood moment for her. Uh, you were talking about how you were at the Staples Center watching WWE Raw uh, live when she came out and the rock came out to film the final set piece of the the movie fighting with my family yeah. which starred yeah. her as wwe superstar uh page mm-hmm. right yeah so like that blew my mind where i'm just like of <laughs> course eric goldman was that the show that they <laughs> ended up turning into a scene in the freaking movie like that's so freaking cool and then i just thought about it. i'm like what's funny to me is we are more on the video game side. We dabble in the entertainment here and there. And that's kind of funny, we've kind of transitioned more into that. But back in the IGN days, we had Greg Miller shaking hands with Shuhei, you know, (laughs) uh, meeting Dave Fennoy, us going to Dave Fennoy's house, all this stuff. If if you were video game royalty, Greg Miller is hanging out with you, right? So we had had been able to, to meet so many cool people because of that. But Eric, you were kind of the dude that we only got to see at Comic Con, <laughs> when we would go down as as IGN, do this giant Comic Con show, hang out with all these celebrities and all this stuff. But you got to meet all the the, the actors and producers and writers and all the Hollywood, you are the Hollywood Greg Miller you're Mr. Hollywood that's what we're <laughs> so I wanted you to come on and I want this to just be a no holds barred I want you to just name drop I want you to just have fun here I want to hear stories of set visits you've been on over your illustrious sure. career sure. I want to hear about you know people you hang out with like, like that would be interesting to people it's like oh shit that's a famous person they just friends with them and you can't act like you don't have those because we've all been to the Comic-Con parties which by mm-hmm. the way Comic parties are the best industry parties period across any They're industry great. yeah i don't care what it is but every single time we're there we'll be there and just be like oh shit i'm just lucky to be here this is free alcohol that's pretty dope and you look over it's like oh that's the cast of game of thrones and you're just like oh wait that's eric goldman just with the cast of game of thrones that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and rinse and repeat game of thrones could be a blank space you just put any popular movie or tv franchise and eric goldman's hanging out with them i love it and i want to hear all about it Wow. Uh, thank you. That's quite a setup. I don't know how to deliver on that.
4: Uh, I will say it's interesting because I was the uh, uh, executive editor for TV at, at IGN. Now, we were a small crew, so I covered movies as well. And I have some pretty cool movie stories from that. But I will say one thing that was really interesting about covering TV versus movies full time. And it's Scott Calora, who, you know, covered movies at IGN noted this too, because he's like, how are you like friendly with some of these people Versus he might have interviewed like Bruce Willis five times, except when he interviewed him five times, it was a four minute interview slotted a junket, sure. you know, a couple years apart. There's no time to get to know someone in that situation. It's just, you know, they're rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, go through. Covering TV shows, I will say, gives you an opportunity to get to know people a lot better because if you're like me, especially working in <laughs> IGN where shows like Fringe, Community, the 100, that were real shows I loved and I wanted to champion, I covered the hell out of them. And I was on the sets of those shows many, many times. And the publicists get to know you, and they are a lot more loose than a movie publicist. So they might just be like, like, Perks and Wreck. Like, okay, um, you're talking to Aubrey Plaza and Chris Pratt. You've talked to them before. I'll just leave. Just sit in Aubrey's trailer with the two of them, and I'll be back in a half hour. And that doesn't really happen for the most part with movies, unless you're like someone doing like a huge Rolling Stone type, you know, thing. Sure, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, a big profile piece.
4: Right. But on TV shows, you can kind of establish a rapport much more because they see you, for five to seven years, you know, and they get to know, and they get to know I was never gonna be writing gossip. I was never looking to like, oh, talk about your breakup or something. Cause I only, <laughs> IGN didn't cover it and I didn't care about it. I just wanted to yeah, I was to gonna talk say about- the IGN uh, gumball <laughs> right? image of the breakup of whoever Chris Pratt or Aubrey Plaza is doing. <laughs> IGN gossip. Uh, so that was a big leg up I'd say in like some of the friendships and just, you know, or not even sometimes friendships, but sometimes just friendliness sure, with some of sure. these people was, they just got to know me and would get to know me like on a first name basis. So it's like how much your mother casts and stuff. It's just year after year. Uh, and yeah, so uh, the, the, if, if they were nice people, I'd try to be nice to them and uh, we'd be nice to each other.
0: I imagine it's got to be like it's what we I think the reason I have whatever I don't even know friends in the industry or whatever in, in in places you wouldn't normally think me to have or whatever if I don't know how to explain that Tim what you don't you know what Tim is describing whatever the fuck it means to be a big deal in video games whatever but it's like it's the idea in a truncated format right of like so many of my relationships are because 14 years ago i was covering these people's game when nobody gave a flying fuck about it right and i championed it on a beyond or on game scoop and then you know lo and behold those that person went to a different developer and then is now working on something that's actually a huge deal and they've introduced me to people and it's like such a trickle down you're around the industry long enough if you're a good person other good people are there and you all kind of run into each other yep. i see a hand up <laughs> no, I'm, sorry. And, and I'm sorry that's uh, let me get uh, Nobody Nick, called on me. Uh, you're Nicholas scarpino <laughs> kind of funny.com your
1: that's why we should always be nice to tim one day he'll move on to bigger and better sure. things and he'll take us with him. yeah exactly
3: exactly <laughs> well thank you dick you've always been nice. No.
1: Problem. you know the and i
4: i get it from their side too it's like you know look they because they do get gossip things written about them and there's reasons they have to be protective and sometimes they might have been burnt really bad but it does it, it was nice to kind of feel over the years like okay like I've established like some level of trust I remember being on I was on the set of How I Met Your Mother and I did that I did, the, I did the that show a million times and I talked to them all a lot and I it was a little bit of weirdness with Neil Patrick Harris like was I going to get him that day now what it turned out was that was going to be the night that he was going to come out publicly. was it people wow. magazine or whoever he did it wow. with because some tabloid, I can't remember if it was Prez Hilton or something was running something about him and a lot was going on. And so like, yeah, I don't know about Neil right now, but then he saw me and he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because he, you know, I don't even know, remember, know if he knew my name off him, but he knew who I was like, you know, sure. it's just like, okay, I've talked to that guy a million times. He's never like tried to get, something you know that you know personal life or whatever and so in the middle of all this shit i'm dealing with you know we could just talk about the show talk about barney and it'll be cool uh so yeah that, that's kind of like the what i try to establish with these people
3: i'm really interested in the set visit things because i got mm-hmm. nick and greg i don't know if you guys have visited sets for for movies or, or tv shows i haven't especially not like during production at the very least like mm-hmm. eric what What is that like? Like, what is the experience of you guys, especially as press? Are you going there on very specific press days and there's press moments that are set aside or is it kind of like you're literally showing up to them while they're doing stuff and when they have free time, they're coming over to you?
4: So drastically different from movies and TVs. Like movies are heavily regimented, um and like you know, I can, I can I'll tell you a, g- a good one here. Like when I went to like Civil War, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, it's like Fuck you <laughs> never heard of it. You <laughs> was but at I, the airport. I, I'm with a group of. Uh, I, we watched the airport fight. That was actually part of what we were watching. But uh, um we That's it was like awesome. you know there was like 15 of us. We're sitting in a room. They bring people in for kind of roundtable style interviews when they bring us to set. It's a different. like, OK, now's the time we're going to just watch them filming. That's different, you know, for the most part. Now, I can't say it's 100 percent that way. Once in a while, there might be it might be really tough with someone's schedule and they will be like, we'll see if we can bring them over to you and you all talk to them together. But TV shows are often much looser, especially if I was doing my own set visit. Because again, they do group set visits to TV shows. But if it was something like community or something where I'm there all the time, I've written about the show, like a lot of different episodes. Like, oh, we want you to come to set because we're doing this fun episode we think would be good for you and for IGN. So I'm there and that is way more loose. I might be there for hours, just sitting, chatting with people. And then it would totally be like, oh, uh, Joel McHale's having lunch, just sit with him and chat. Uh, you know, and or just you know, uh, Gillian and Allison are just on a break. Just go talk to them. You know, in the library set, uh, and so those would be way more loose, way more casual uh, than doing a, one of those big movies where it's very much like this is the itinerary of what you're doing for the day.
3: So with the the airport thing or with those big stuff. Yeah. So you what you just said of you just there to watch. Like what what is to gain from that? It's it's background, right? Like like we are interviewing them in like Civil War specifically. I can
4: tell you like. Uh, It was a two-day thing. We went the first day, and because the schedule's a crazy movie like that with all these huge stars, like we went one day very for like an hour, and we talked to Downey and Chadwick Boseman for like 15 minutes each, and then we left, because the next day was the big day, where we're sitting in a room for most of the day, and they're cycling in all the main cast to do interviews, uh, and the writers, and the Russos, but at a certain point, we'll also go to watch them film, and it's kind of like, when you're writing your article while you didn't literally talk to them on the side of that set, you talked to them the same day. And so it's just kind of like, you can kind of put it all together, you know, be like, we watched them shoot in this fight scene, you know, uh, that we talked to the, you know, Jeremy Renner the same day about what, you know, what Hawkeye is doing, blah, blah, blah. So it's all just kind of stuff you keep in your mind and build up together from Thank
0: you very much, Nick. Thank you. I want to be called on, of course, here. This is now, Does this is this what it's like for the actor? Usually it's a round table of them just getting asked questions on the little microphones in front of them or whatever. Sort of. so, so how many times do, or I get, you know, the press visit that I, I, as a consumer of the media, right, on the other side of it, that always stands out to me, and granted it's because of who I am, but stick with me, I swear I'm going somewhere for with sure. this, is Justice League. Mm -hmm. where i remember it specifically seemed like they they had press come on the day where it was the one they filmed the barry and bruce scene with the what's your superpower i'm rich and he grabs the thing out of the thing you know but and it was this whole thing of like see we're trying to inject humor into it how many of those set visits do you do where it
4: seems like there's a narrative they're trying to push with the scene you're seeing that's pretty rare because the justice league one definitely stands out right because that was all about uh kind of being like we're lighting things up we heard the criticism of batman versus superman uh you know when jim vavida did that for ign the thing that you knew that they were trying to turn the tide on you know, what people were thinking was they let them run that right away set visits on the big movies they embargo that shit for like a year, sometimes very frustratingly so. I mean, Civil War, I can tell you, was very frustrating because it's like they embargoed it for like two weeks before release after so much stuff had come out that you feel like, ah, nothing we got that day will feel fresh anymore. Um, So the fact that Justice League was like, come to set and you can run it this week that that said everything like that they they wanted to get messaging out about that movie right then and there so we're going to bring a bunch of set people to set kind of show them what we're doing show them barry allen being like a much more light comical character bouncing off batman uh so i i would say usually that's not the case i mean of course they're going to they have their talking points and you know that and they're going to all be like, the theme of the movie is this and you're going to hear it over and over again. We're not ready to and talk they...
0: about that yet, but we'll be showing much
4: more as we get closer to our release, right? right? Yes, yes. And of course, the stuff they can't talk about. Again, uh, Civil War is the coolest set visit I ever went on and it was also a great example of a frustrating one because they also, I, this drove me crazy. It still drives me crazy thinking back on it. They wouldn't let the actors talk about what side they picked. Well, you knew it was, it was Iron Man versus Cap, but they yeah. couldn't say which team they're on even though two things, a it's going to be in all the marketing. Like like I said, by the time we could yeah, run our thing, You're gonna all the posters. posters literally up. Yeah. <laughs> but
5: That's then so
4: they let us watch because we did all the interviews first, right? And so everyone had to be so coy, Elizabeth Olson. about she makes a choice based on blah, blah, blah. But then, okay, let's go watch them shoot some stuff. They have been keeping this secret all day. And then it's like, it's Team Cap. We watch them all lined up, you know, run yeah, together. Yeah. So we're like, but but you wouldn't let us talk about it. would have great content. Why couldn't we have brought that up for sure? It would have been. And when I read that, I remember when I wrote that article, I had to like reverse engineer it. Be like, okay, uh, Jeremy Renner said, you know, I think Clint made a choice based on, you know, who he is, but we're going to act like I knew he chose Team Cap at that moment and fuel that into it. This is so,
0: probably, and I, I know Tim wants the names. Tim wants the celebrities. We'll, sure, get, sure. That, all right? we'll get that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to whoever poured a drink on you at a Comic-Con. But <laughs> it, from the actual, like, uh, I, this sounds weird, I guess, but it's I, I think it's actually fascinating if you're not with us, right, of like, not in a bad way, but and at least when we were there, was super, you know, uh, uh, split, right? It, there, it, there, yes. We always talk about the wall between advertising and editorial. Mm-hmm. I feel like, honestly, there was that between games and entertainment. And part of that was the distance. You're in L.A. and we were yeah. in SF. So I don't know much about how you uh, do your craft. So for me, when I was writing about games, right, often when there was an embargo, which was rarely ever a year or something to that, right, like I would stew on it a long time and then closer I got to embargo, actually write it for Mm -hmm. something that's a year out. Are you writing that in the week after you saw it and then putting it into a zip drive somewhere and just letting it sit until it's time?
4: that would have been the smart thing to do, but, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, you're it, instead it's the like, Oh shit, where's my audio of those interviews. Gotcha. That is uh you know, cause they'll send the email, especially when you've sat on it for years. It's so funny when you finally get that email saying like, you know, attention, the embargo lifts uh, on this date. Uh, so there, I think there might be like, a tiny handful of times I did what you're talking about, but for yeah. the most part no. you're, and also, you know, by the way, it's like, yeah, sometimes if it's a big set visit, maybe they'll send a uh, transcription, but that's a very rare. So then you do the thing where a bunch of you, because uh, transcription is the worst, where if it's like 10 of you or 15 of you are like, and we did 10 interviews, we're like, hey, let's just split it up. I'll do Renner, you do oh, Olsen, you do Evans, and then we'll send each other. But then it becomes a little bit of tracking people down and, you know, maybe someone oh, has to be nice sure to be right? right, right. right. yeah. Where the hell is my Bettany interview, man?
3: <laughs> so with that, a little bit of just kind of the, the teamwork of it, because uh, uh, I know on the video game side, it's like, you know, we know people when people are yeah. uh, previewing a game or whatever, we, we kind of have an idea of who's seeing similar games. For you guys, I know you're more on the TV side, or at least mm-hmm. were, uh, but you're homies with all the movie people. In your experiences on the big movie sets, because I know you're a franchise guy, you're a fan of movie franchises. I am. Again, going back to the Twitter, I, we see it all. But <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, have there been times where you've seen things shot that aren't in the movie? I'm not talking about just different takes, but like radically different, like a different character dies or a different character does a cool thing or stuff like that. I, I, of course, I'm totally blanking on specifics right now. I've never seen anything that was like
4: altering the story big. I know I've seen them shoot little moments and stuff that I was like, oh, that was funny or that was cool. I wonder why they didn't make the cut uh, of something. But yeah, I can't think of a time where I watched them like film something that was just like totally different. And again, I, the big, huge movies I've been on, I've been on the set of, you know, so many movies, but the big, huge ones I could probably count on. Well, if not one hand, one and a half hands. Um, in that case, it was you know especially since i was mo- you know they don't want to show you anything too dishy right like if they bring you to a marvel set they're not going to show you like some crucial thing it's going to be an action yeah, you're not seeing this <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that no, DJ no. Dies. <laughs> like like, like he just i fucking I, die like literally <laughs> i i did a set visit to uh winter soldier i did two there's two cap sequels those were my big marvel movies set visits and literally it was chris evans running back and forth on a platform with zero context until i saw the movie and understood oh he's trying to turn off the helicarriers he's on the platforms uh putting that thing swapping that thing out and talking to maria hill but we just watched and there's a green screen so we're not we're not seeing a helicarrier we're just seeing gotcha, chris evans on a platform you know <laughs> little console
0: yeah Well, here, this sounds like a good point before we get into Tim wanting all the dirt. Uh, This, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, of course, is the Kind of Funny podcast. Each and every week, twice a week, we come to you with whatever bullshit it is we want to bullshit around about. If you like that, you should head over to (laughs) to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where, of course, you can write in to be part of the show. You can support it as a Patreon producer. You can get your name read. You can watch it ad-free. You can watch it with the post-show we do each and every episode. You could be watching it right now, live, as we record it, just like Josh G is, Joe Mertens is, and Mike LR. Are all on patreon.com slash kind of funny however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you of course can wait for it to go up with ads no post show on youtube.com slash kind of funny and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. eric goldman
4: right miller you uh you actually said something that is remarkably similar to something that actually happened to me um about someone spilling a drink at comic-con sure uh I, in this case i won't be specific but i'll get into the arena i'll say okay a cw superhero cool as we we're leaving the ew party had had a few sure and put their drink on a like little podium that was sitting there but had a, a slanted top to it so put their very full drink on it and it slid and covered my poor wife completely in beer oh, no. they were very apologetic about it but uh yes she got uh beer drenched by a cw superhero oh, i hope your show gets canceled somewhere right. around season four or five <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> stop using the same villain all the time we don't want it to be that way that's so
1: funny hey so, random well, question for you guys before we keep going. Go sounding ahead. okay because this this mic is going wonky on me right now
2: yeah, okay. okay. Okay, cool. fine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it
1: was doing a thing where it was like auto doing the mic. So as I would start talking, it would just get super loud. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's, a, that's
2: Zoom's doing.
1: Yeah, Zoom's I turned Zoom. that thing off. So I just want to make sure you guys can hear me okay. You, sound, before great. I you sound beautiful there, talking. As, al- as always. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate so, your support.
3: Eric, I want to start small here. So you're saying you grew up in LA, which is a very yeah. obviously Hollywood driven mm. location there. So are you, were you? when you're growing up and now, are you running into like celebrities all the time outside of the workplace?
4: Yeah, I I mean, so uh, I grew up, I I was an LA private school kid. And if you're an LA private school kid, that means again, because my mom was an actress Uh, But, you know, by no means like a celebrity. She was a working actress. But if you go to an L.A. private school, the parents there, some of them are going to be famous, (laughs) most likely. Uh, So there were parents that were, you know, pretty damn famous and very recognizable. And then, you know, out of college, I worked retail for many years and I helped so many celebrities uh, you know selling dvds at virgin Store uh or the warehouse just like some huge encounters and some like worked you worked know, at a warehouse i did the warehouse the warehouse yeah, yes wow, that's yes. amazing <laughs> yes i did and you know i'd, I'd help sir michelle geller and britney spears and just like, no, like Britney God, fucking spears i did wait I wait, what year was this like what, this what britney would have been were you getting circa here? like it would have been like circa two thousand two or three. Oh fuck wow. dude that's like
1: peak <laughs> <geek> britney spears <laughs> yeah, yeah like right with that she's first like album. i mean pre so.
4: pre everyone having us all having a camera on her phone or i would have asked for a photo with her but
1: uh yeah. oh yeah i'm sure well i mean wait five years and all of a sudden she's getting fucking driven driven nuts by the paparazzi by the way i just read it in, in that time article on her and i'm blown away by all the stuff that's happening with her conservatorship but that's anyway horrible. that's uh that's another story for uh, for a different podcast
4: I had a uh, it is, and it's a lot of terrible shit with her, but I had a pleasant encounter with her, which and thankfully the paparazzi wasn't following her that day. So I, a lot of celebrity encounters that way, and it is true you'll just see people a lot of random places. So I was I was pretty used to like. Celebrities in the orbit, but especially working at those two stores, because I don't get into the tree graphics of LA too much, but they were both at the bottom of the hills in LA yeah. where mm-hmm. all the famous people live. So, so it, it was very came down,
1: they Like would smoke weed, and they're like, I gotta get the newest Lenny Kravitz album. <laughs> and they'd yeah, go down, yeah. they'd go down to the Virgin Mega store and they'd be like, L-. Did you ever see anyone like listening at the things that was like super famous? Cause be, um, that would be I would freak out. I don't
4: think I saw anyone listening, but I just told this story. Gil Simone on Twitter had asked for like fun celebrity encounters. And I told the time that. Working at Virgin, um, we had you know some video game consoles set up, and my coworker, because it was a slow night, went over and started playing a Resident Evil game on one of the consoles. And Robin Williams walked up the stairs. Oh That's amazing. And he's walking around looking at his stuff. And the, my coworker hasn't noticed that Rob Williams is there because he's playing his Resident Evil game. But Rob Williams walks up right behind him. He's watching him play for a little while, and then he starts riffing and just starts doing a Rob Williams live commentary improv about. And that's when my coworker goes, "Holy shit! Rob Williams is watching would, me play. I would lose it." And giving like me live Robin, commentary. <laughs> it was
1: i was like, "Robin, I can't focus on this game right now. You have to shut up." I can't <laughs> do this. I,
3: I've told this story approximately three thousand times on this podcast, but I gotta tell it. I love Robert this Eric story. Here. I love uh, this story. I grew up like ten blocks away from Robin Williams. San Francisco house. So, and I'm a similar ages to his, his kids. So uh, we'd at the cards and comics shop, we'd be buying Pokemon cards together or Halloween. Like everyone would always go to his place. Cause he gave out really dope stuff, all of that. But we'd see him just at random stores all the time. And there was one time we were about like 13 and my brother was like 11 and we're at Blockbuster and we're in line and he comes up right behind us and starts talking to my younger brother, so cool Greg, who many of you know, and my brother was trying to rent. You got served. <laughs> The mm-hmm. iconic yes. dance movie, of course, uh, with sure. Marion, of course. And uh, Robin Williams, like, looks at it, he pokes it, he goes, He's like, Hey, hey, so you, you getting that? My brother's like, Yeah, he's like, You know, I'm not in that, right? Like what do you do Why would you get that And he was full Robin Williams Like fuck with him My brother did not handle it well He doesn't Like cool totally Greg broke down Was Just so like bad. I'm so sorry Robin And just put You got served like down It was just like I'm so sorry And like Robin was like Trying to be apologetic But it was too late It's too late no, You no, defended no. my brother Once
1: you've <laughs> Once you've put Cool Greg in that place He's never coming out He's exactly. never gonna rent another, He probably never rented Another movie again That never. wasn't
3: Dad, He was movie. like I can't
4: do this That's Robin so Williams funny. might shame me That is fantastic uh, Who do you Who have you been like super starstruck by it though. um you know a lot of times it was creators uh you know I mean like working at version uh and I know right now is a weird moment to bring this up but like when I worked at virgin and Joss Whedon came in I was like mm-hmm. oh, shit that would be like wild. I was yeah so
1: all in on Buffy that's that's Buffy I was gonna say that's Joss Whedon like mid Buffy right
4: yes yes and any uh, Allison Hannigan and Boreanaz came in a lot too at that time
1: how is he uh, is he tall he seems tall
4: he's tall he's tall <laughs> he's tall and broody. Uh,
1: nice, and, so broody.
4: Uh, and Allison, I guess I can call her Allison. Like, again, I, later on, I'd get to know her way better on how much mother. But right, how much mother. That's
1: right. Oh, yeah, shit, it's she, she gave me a scoop, right I remember. I can feel it. That's wild. Yeah,
2: I, I, <laughs> I slowly started swaying back and forth, and I was like, wait, is that our. Washer dryer in the back Whoa. of our house. I thought my I thought my Ooh. butt fell asleep.
1: Sometimes my butt feels falls asleep in this when I'm playing too much Warzone. Tim, you understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I kind of have to shake it out a little bit. thought that's what happened just now, but no, we're all gonna die. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't want to get to ground. like an earthquake strikes San Francisco, and like
0: we're catching it live on footage. And somehow Nick's pivots to be like, my butt's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Everybody
4: oh, it was crazy. It's it was so like we were up it. for me because I'm in LA, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs>
2: Shout out to Robin Williams though, like uh, being like a SF. Uh, dude because yeah I've run, I've run into him uh, before he passed and only living here since 2008 like three <laughs> times once in the guitar center on what is that nice. Van yeah Venice. Uh, once at like this comedy fest festival that was happening like in Golden Gate park like right when I moved to San Francisco and then so cool. once at the Green Apple books um oh, no and, shit uh, yeah over on, on whatever. yeah I was. and he was like yeah. carrying like two uh two bags like full of like hella books
6: <laughs> he's one of
1: those guys that i've i never i never saw him but i have friends that that had that just saw him and they and every single person's interaction with him is the same it's, they it's, say oh my god you're robin williams and he does something crazy or says something ridiculous and then he yeah, just drives it. away and you're like oh okay oh, which, cool. which is
4: really cool because it's very true the cliche that a lot of people uh that are like you know on stage very funny uh kind of go would be like very blank oh, when you yeah. meet them, you know? Yeah. And I've experienced that
1: too, but yeah, uh, William. That's here. a lot of, that's a lot of standups too. Like a lot of standup yep. comics have, it's something that I realized when, you know, I started doing it a few years back and I, and I was like, wow, there's, i was like man people hate me but it's not that it's that well some people do hate me but some people just i mean a lot of comics are just very shy when they're not on stage they have oh, yeah. you know some people have social anxiety some people have other things and so you'll meet people and be like i wonder who you know you'll see him on stage they'll glow and then they just want to kind of rescind into the shadows maybe smoke sure. a joint and hang right. out for a second but robin seemed to be the kind of guy that could just turn it on and off whenever the hell he wanted to yep. and because i think he really I, I think he just was one of those guys you get that he just really appreciated people that knew who he was and like liked his stuff you know well i feel like nice. it's one
0: of those those things where everybody knows him right it's it's the bill murray right where it's like you exactly how can you not know bill murray when he walks into a room or a restaurant so yeah when he does this snatches the french fry off your plate or fucks and buys out whatever and pays like there goes like some kid's graduation party or some random ass shit you hear bill murray doing it's like well, yeah, Bill Murray hasn't had a normal life, right, in fucking
1: 40 years, 50 yeah. years. Like, <laughs> I saw, we just, saw, speaking of Comic-Con sightings, we saw Bill Murray. He was floating on the hard rock that one time. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't think anybody of you guys with me. That's well, me. I mean, you might have been, actually. I was, we were at that sushi place in the hard rock.
4: I remember um, hearing about this. I wasn't with you, but I think I probably talked to you maybe an hour later because I, I remember was. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was like, I think I had gone with the salespeople. Who like was we the sales team? Yeah, yeah, and someone was like, "Come down for the sushi." I was like, "Dude, I haven't had good sushi in a long time. I've been eating this craft service." And no disrespect to the Hard Rock Cafe, but it's not Nobu. So we go down there, and I'm eating, and someone's like, "Is that Bill Murray?" And I look over, and wasn't he wearing like an American flag bandana or something on his head? Yeah, he it was he's so doing, he did weird.
0: that. He did that panel that year. Yeah, and he was wearing like a like the vest and the bandana, and then yeah you had this story and then at the party everybody had it like he walked by me on the street like he was just wandering the streets of san diego being yeah
1: somebody somebody tells the story i could be taking this from one of the many many bill murray stories but someone told i remember someone telling the story of peeing next to him and he was just like no one will ever believe you (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's like the thing he says apparently to people no one's ever going to believe this
3: (laughs) Uh, at my first e3 ever uh i was at a urinal next to the game the rapper Shut okay. up. And he looked at me, he was like, what's up, young blood?" And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like, the game's looking at my penis. That was cool. <laughs> um, you asked, uh, on
4: the Star Trek front, uh, the two others that jump out um, are IGN interviews, although one I'd met one other time, which is uh, uh, so one big one was George Lucas for obvious reasons. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. That doesn't need to be said. And then the other was Winona Ryder who I was obsessed oh my God, with growing up. What year was this? Uh, so, well, when I met her, so I met her, tw- I met one of her writers twice. Um, one was working at Virgin Megastore. She came in nice. and I, I would be like, I'm helping her. Like, I was like, I need to be get out of my reader. way, Jeff. Like,
0: Pushing the other people out
4: of the way by their face. Go play Resident <laughs> Evil, Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck off>. but, <laughs> but then um, for the first season of Stranger Things, I did like a 15 minute interview with her. And that was just like, oh my God, I'm gonna talk to her writer. Icon. Holy
1: shit, yeah. See, these guys don't understand, they're too young, man. They
0: don't understand. <laughs> no, I, I I never never I'm joking writer. around. I, I lied. Lo- do you do bring that. this up to them? Do you do you tell them like um, by the
4: way I in, years a, ago. in a you try to not like I, I wasn't telling her like my walls are covered in your
3: picture sure yeah, um, yeah,
4: yeah. but I did tell her like I told her how much I love Beetlejuice and Heathers like I was like sure you know, the, those movies yeah uh, you know I just they were two of my favorite movies growing up and uh, you know we talked then we talked about like Trying to make a Heather sequel happen and not and whatnot, so that's the, that's the way you do it. Versus like I was obsessed with you, you know. Can I tell George you? That Luke, I've never George Lucas, what do you tell him? Like you made him. What, try, do, you you, what is, do you tell? What do you tell George Lucas?
1: <laughs> I tell. You, I, I've told these guys the story, but my one and only George Lucas sighting, living in Northern California, was I went up to the Barnes Noble and Noble in Madera, and I was, I was just walking around. It was, this was at a time when like, they still had the coffee shop inside and you could just sit there and read magazines all day long. It was like well, one of my favorite things to do. My wife loved it too. She'd be on the other side. And we were just walking around and I looked over and I saw this old man rearranging a Star Wars like table. It was all the books and like some other stuff. And I was like, huh, that dude looks like George Lucas. And then I did, and, and my wife was like, that, that is george lucas and i looked over again and it was george lucas he when no one was noticing he just looked over like walked over to his star wars shit like rearranged it so it looked neater and then just walked away and i was like i love it baller that's i'm awesome. like that's, that's amazing. amazing that is amazing yeah.
5: um, on his when car I interviewed... drove
1: to a toys r us rearranged the star yeah. <laughs> wars things there <laughs> but it literally was like d why she's d was like why don't you go tell him like, I like hi i'm sure he wouldn't care i was like what am I going to tell George Lucas that the other 30 people that saw him here today didn't tell the him? Day. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the guy just re, like organize his books. That's what I'm going to let him do. And I'm just going to, in my brain, I was like, oh, I love you so much George. You, you were you're responsible for all the magic that was in my childhood. And then I was like, well, I said it to my brain. That's fine.
4: <laughs> when I interviewed him, it was funny because this happened, uh, in SF at the at Lucasfilm at the Presidio. And it was funny because my, my, Publicist friend at Lucasfilm was like, hey, it was a Clone Wars premiere. It was like Clone Wars, I don't know, season three or four or something. And so they invited me to come to the premiere and there'll be a red, you know press line to talk to people. And she's like, hey, uh, there's gonna be someone you're gonna be really excited about there. And we played this coy game. She never said his name. I never said his name. We were like having this back and forth. Like, yeah, you're gonna be pretty psyched about this. Okay. Like, is it David Boreal? <laughs> <laughs> and... Then it was very funny because not to throw any shade at IGN, but it was very funny because I said to IGN, can I have a camera camera guy for this thing? I'm going to be up in SF and pretty sure I'm getting George Lucas. And there was like a big struggle with scheduling and could I get a camera guy? Fran's like, it. well, I don't know. We got a, we got a Scooby-Doo 3DS God uh, God. interview we got to do. So they sent uh, Amy following
0: Damon and Greg around. They're dressed <laughs> like vampires. They're, They're
1: doing a, episode, episode 17 of Game Scoop TV when Greg's going <laughs> to jump off a parking lot.
4: <laughs> so they sent uh, but I understood. I was like, I wasn't, I had no promise of anything. And if it was a press line, it could be one question you're done, sure. which is usually the press line and that's exactly what i figured it would be like he'd, he if he was doing a press line it should be like you get one question and so they sent uh amy who was my camera person who was a freelancer yeah oh, wow and i get there and then they're like okay come inside and they brought me into the theater uh the lucasfilm theater and there he is and it turns out I was getting one of only two interviews that day. The other was starwars.com and I was the other one. He wasn't doing the press line and I was getting like 10 to 15 minutes with him. And then I really freaked out because I did not, I wasn't prepped for that. I was prepped for like the press line scenario. uh, And now I was like, Oh shit. It's like, I really have an interview with this guy. So I'm curious. uh,
1: Did did he recognize Amy? Because I think she had worked for him for behind the scenes stuff. She, she,
4: she, I don't, I don't think she wanted, she wasn't sure if she should say anything. But then he, uh, oh Tracy the publicist mentioned it. Tracy uh, goes, George, George, do you remember Amy? And he, oh yeah, yeah. And so they had a little exchange right then. Yeah, yeah, she
1: she blew my mind one time with that. I was like, what did you used to do before IGN? She's like, I shot all the behind the scenes like docu footage for like the prequels.
4: Yeah. I'm like,
5: what? <laughs> yeah, she worked. She worked at
1: IGN and she was in charge of doing like behind the scenes featurettes through as an as a Lucas employee and she had done a few of those and I was like amazing I, I, and then I was like and then you came to IGN and you work with me and Tyroot. what a step down what a huge step <laughs> but, down
4: but then I was glad they I'm glad they sent her right because then she got to have a little uh, reunion with George that that's day pretty cool. so, that's yeah. pretty
1: cool yeah that would have been she- that would have been such an interesting job like just to be like obviously working at IGN and and, and, and getting to kind of just dip a toe in everyone else's shows and movies and stuff like that was such a cool thing. But like I often wondered, I was like, what what would it be like to work on that a, a movie or a game for two years, three years, and you're just immersed in it. And like, because that was one of the things Amy said when she was like, I, I was like, why would you ever leave LucasArts? She's like, Well, at a certain point, you just you don't want to talk about star Wars anymore. Like you want to I just am. move on and do other stuff. And it's no disrespect to star Wars, but she was like, I just wanted to try something else. And I was like, wow, you felt far. You felt so
4: far. Uh, uh, How does it feel to be here quick... talking about
3: star Wars right now?
0: <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: no, Eric, what, what did you do at Marvel?
4: Uh, so I was editor for marvel.com. So I was creating, uh, I was writing articles uh, for Marvel. You know, they, they hired me to do similar work just sort of in-house at Marvel uh, so I, I did do, uh, you know, interviews with, you know, for like Daredevil season three. Um, and I went to Comic-Con panels for Marvel and I was writing about like, you know, toy reveals and stuff like that. So it was still editorial content, uh, just you know, for a company, for the, for doing it for themselves, you know? If I have this correct, you were Agent M's boss. That's what Ryan was, told me. Yeah. I was not Agent, although oh. I, 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 you know, he, he's a big part of, you know, me getting that. He's the part because he's the one who reached out to me. I remember uh, running into the our little crappy uh, studio in the uh, LA office because he was trying to contact me and it was clearly like something big and <laughs> being like, what, what, a job offer? Or not a job offer, but he, like come in and talk to us. Uh, sure, sort of yeah, deal. yeah,
0: this next step kind of
4: thing. Yeah. So a question I have for you, and this is again
0: more for me veering it towards your professional thing. You talk about, uh, we talked about junkets really qu- quickly at the top of the show, but then press lines, right? Yeah. Of going through and doing that. Do you, how do you make those not, and I don't mean to be crass, but worthless. Like, I feel like it's so, like, you're talking about it. It's rinse and repeat. It's rinse and repeat. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, the amount of times for this podcast, I reach out and I'm like, can we get Celebrity X or whatever? And I'm talking to the publicist, like, well, no, but we could, you know, it's all digital. So we could, we could bring you into the junket and you could get like five or six minutes. And so I'm like, well, no, we want to we, we want to have them tell dumb stories that go nowhere. Right. We don't need to actually talk about this thing that everybody's getting the same quote for, right? Like, how do you go through a Comic-Con press line with the microphone and have it actually be something you need?
4: I mean, here, there's there's a reason I don't do that many press lines because, yeah. yeah, they're 99% worthless, I'd say. Like, you know, beyond that, like maybe you get a funny soundbite or something. But press lines, and, you know, we can talk about junkets as well, but like press lines in particular... It's madness. There's if it's a big one, it's like screaming and yelling. And maybe there's fans across the street if it's a big premiere or something. And you're just, you know, everyone's fighting for time. If you're not one of like the name outlets, and, and you are know, working at IGN is so fascinating because IGN, huge site, but how much, you know, sort of name value they had for entertainment people was all sure. over the board. Some people, it was like they are get give them a great spot. And some other people like, uh, that video game site, uh, you know, and, and I would, I would be lucky if I got one of the leads of the movie. I mean, I'll tell you a horror story one. Uh, this is early on, you know, I was hired because I, IG, I was hired full time when IGN launched TV as a new section. And we were, you know, throwing everything to see what stuck and we were covering so many random things and things. What year that we was it? Uh, This was full-time 2006. Gotcha. Uh, So IGN TV launches, and we're just trying everything. And we're like, oh, we'll do weekly reviews of Grey's Anatomy. We'll do uh, weekly reviews of uh, random reality shows. We don't know. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I got sent to a press line for an American Idol finale. Yep. And it was Hollywood Boulevard. It's a giant press line. It's like the press lines you see on Hollywood Boulevard for a huge Avengers movie or something. Uh, like a double-sided press line where they're kind of walking all around, fans screaming all this. And I think I got one person and it was like the costume designer. I didn't even get any of the contestants. I didn't get the bottom contestants. I did, certainly didn't get the top four. Yeah. Uh, and it was just was like, why did I just waste like two hours or three hours with driving of my night to come here and do this? So that's like the, that's the worst, worst, worst case scenario. Other times, yeah, you might get someone, you might get a big star and they might tell you something funny but it's really, you have to work very hard at those things to get I mean, I remember
1: seeing a lot of those clips go online because I knew that there was like, I know that once you went there, there was sort of like, I don't want to say uh, pressure is probably the wrong word, but I but I think people felt that they should post the majority of the stuff that you would get yes. from like pressers and things like that. And a lot of that, you know, candidly just was not, I, I know it wasn't worth it for you guys. Cause it was a lot of stuff that had been rehashed and stuff like that. So that was yep. always kind of tough to see, like having to play that game of being like, we're going to, you know, give you guys some promotion, but if, hopefully at some point down the line, it'll pay off one of these press lines or junkets.
4: Yeah. A hundred percent. And then with junkets where you, no- you normally have four minutes mm-hmm. Again, you're not going to have a great interview. You're not going to have time to like get them, you know. Sort of uh, a
1: junket. It's so a difference between a press line. Is like you're standing there. A junket is when you yeah. go into the room and they've got the poster behind them, and you and you just kind of cycled in and out, right?
4: Right. Anytime you've seen a clip, um, I was going to use my old school reference of like Entertainment Tonight, but these days, anytime you look a clip online of like people sitting and talking, like you said with the poster board, that was the junket, and they were probably sitting there. If it's a huge movie, maybe for three days straight doing these four minute interviews. And maybe some of those interviews were eight minute interviews because some of the bigger outlets might get a, what they call a double slot. Most of the time you're only getting four and you really have to think ahead about it because you also don't know if someone is like, if someone is, take, takes a while to get out of their shell, well then you're screwed because in four minutes that's not gonna happen. And right. they might just get four minutes of short answers. Then there's a person who gives big long answers. They might give you four minutes of gold, but only on one question because yeah. they just took your, so then you have to be like, I have to prioritize these things, right? And the big thing you do at a junket, I mean, I don't say you, I should say me personally, Is like, if I'm talking to five cast members of the same movie, I'm going to probably ask them three of my five questions, you know, are are the same question because I'm trying to think about, well, when we edit this together, at least I have like, uh you know a few big topics they can all speak on and i don't know one person might give me a shitty answer well maybe give me a great one and someone in between but they're all talking about the same thing because if you were like well i'll just ask them all about totally different things then you then it's kind of chaos for an editor again only working with four minutes if i had 15 minutes with all of them different story yeah
0: you're all over the page on you
4: yeah yeah but four minutes is tough uh and so you just kind of try to like yeah plan that shit out And have your exact order you're going to ask questions while leaving room for, you know, a follow up that you might not have planned if they give you something amazing that you're just like I have to ask a follow up because it's a really funny place to go but yeah they're they're very, very tricky it's been also interesting doing them in the zoom era as uh, everyone's everyone figure
3: that out? The methodology behind all this stuff is so interesting to me. Greg and I talk a lot about how video game reviews have changed drastically over the years. Like when Greg first started writing reviews back in like 1982 or whatever it was. You're uh, <laughs> so old, Tim. <laughs> uh, it, it, Reviews would be more kind of like fact-based of like yeah. this game is multiplayer with up to four players and it has this many levels and blah, blah, blah. And you go on from there. They've turned into much more opinion pieces. And mm-hmm. like, there's kind of like reading a review is not just a score, And a number, but it's also the words that back up where that reviewer is coming from and like their history with the franchise, blah, 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 all that. Something I think that's really interesting about the tv side of things that i've always been interested in is how and we deal with it even kind of funny a bit of dealing with weekly releases of how to create a cadence for what a review means for that in terms of spoilers in terms of is this because we just treat it like water cooler conversation like our reviews don't matter like our thoughts are just you're coming here for our thoughts you watch the same thing we did we just want to talk more about the thing that we just enjoyed or didn't enjoy but Mm. when it is more of like no this is ign or fandoms review what was kind of the the methodology and does that change from something like everyone's watching the mcu shows down to okay i'm trying to evangelize this this tv show so i'm here for a very specific audience
4: Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, again, and this isn't just for IGN, this goes across the board that, you know, there's less and less these days of like what, whether you call them weekly recaps or weekly reviews, there's just less of them than there was. Like when, especially like, you know, around 2010, IGN and a million other sites were doing so many like weekly reviews, episode reviews. The two reasons it's gone away, well, there's more than two, but two big ones is Netflix releasing things all at once, so there's not even like a point to that. Um, And then, yeah, just also, like, there's so much content, as we all know, that it's just hard to find the shows that enough of your audience are all into to be worth it. But what you're saying is interesting about, like, yeah, the ones you're into personally, because it's like, look, there was a point around 2013 where Game of Thrones and Walking Dead were so fucking huge. And on IGN, they were huge. And, like, they were guaranteed those weekly reviews were going to be, like, two of the biggest stories of the week, right? Um, and sometimes they'd both there on Sunday nights and that would be a whole other thing. Uh, so you do, I mean, you can't approach it like you would, whether it's a video game or a movie, you can't approach it in the same way. It's gotta be more conversational. It's gotta be, especially if we don't have a screener, which most of the time, and you want it up that night and you just watched it and you're like, okay, now you got to get up the review in an hour. So it's going to be more off the cuff. Here's what I thought reactionary. We very quickly were like, yeah, they have to be spoilers because otherwise, like, what is the point even if, yeah, yeah, if we're all trying to dance around stuff? Uh, So yeah, you try to figure that out. Then there's there's the side of it of just like championing a show, right? And like The 100 is a great example because I was really into The 100. And I was like, I want to get IGN's audience into The 100. And IGN's audience is going to at first be like, fuck this CW show with these pretty people. I know it's bullshit. But I was like, but I think this show is really cool and dark. And I was like, things that would surprise them. So not only did I review it all the time, but I was very specific with the images I picked. And I don't know if any of you ever watched The 100, but uh, there was the character Lexa, which is a whole other thing about controversies that happened later with her. But when she was introduced, the main thing was she looked freaking awesome. She had this war paint on, very striking. I used this image of her so many times. And I literally had people in the comments saying, I checked out this show because I saw that image and I was like, who is this girl? Uh, and I want to see what that's who from. Who is so, she? Who is she? And so you do, I, I would try to think about that stuff and be like, what? And, you know, yeah, pick the most, like the IGN friendly image from this show that I think they'd mm-hmm. be really into if they check out that I know that at first they're not going to think they'll like. Uh, and, you know, there, there was stuff, and th- that's a great example too if like I couldn't justify paying a freelancer to cover that because it's not getting the clicks for it right. but I'll do it myself I'll be like I personally want this to be a thing so I will take time every week to just do it myself because- was it
1: was it you that was into Nikita who got me yes. into Nikita Yeah, I was think it was Nikita. you I, I, remember, yes. I remember I didn't you- write the
4: reviews but I was very into Nikita oh my
1: god I remember I'll never forget like I feel like I started watching that show a little bit late. Spoilers. I always, I'm, I'm always late to everything that's cool. Sure. But I remember, and to this day, anytime that comes up, I'm like, dude, you gotta watch Nikita. It was so good, and it was so, <laughs> it's, it's. But it was another one of those weird. I think it was CW, right, Nikita? Yep. Yeah, it was one of those weird. See, everyone's like the CW. That's Gossip Girl territory. You're like, no, you don't understand. This shit gets dark. It is crazy. <laughs> and then a jacked out Devin Sawa comes in. <laughs> and like no, way De- through Devin's through. my buddy
4: because of that show. Like that's a perfect example. Uh, because I so love that show. I so like wanted to like, you know, tell people to watch a show. So I covered the hell out of it. And they frankly were always struggling because they were, uh, you know, a weird fit on the CW. Especially that show is that
1: definitely on the wrong network. If that yeah. show had been a Fox show, it would have been huge. Yep. I yep. think. If and it so, could, like if a fringe could have led into Nikita, that would have been like badass for the day. But
4: totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I covered the hell out of it and I got to know them really well because again, they weren't getting that much coverage from the entertainment weeklies of the world, uh, who maybe did like a feature when they first debuted and moved on. But I was in a position to be like, okay, I really did this show. This show is actually very good in our wheelhouse, even though it's going to take work to get people to check it out because of the network it's on and their preconceived notions. And then I just got to know the cast very well through the years. I moderated a couple different panels for them at New York oh, Comic Con, cool. um, and yeah, just I, I interviewed Maggie Q a million times because she's the. They'd always come have her come out and kind of do press rounds. They do. Uh, she'd go and do uh, interview at KTLA Channel Five, which is the network that's the CW in LA. And I know they always have me come and talk to her afterwards. Like she would do the newscast oh, and then cool. I kind of sit and wait and talk.
1: To yeah. Her. I feel like we did, we did a press line at some point with her. I don't know if it was for, I think you and I did it at Comic-Con, but I don't think it was for Nikita. I think maybe it was for something else she was doing, but I remember her being like, like seeing you like, Hey Eric. And I was like, he's the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> like She knows <doesn't laughs> <have> my name. <laughs> so
3: awesome. I got
0: to ask with that. Hold on Again, before I- you do. Hey, I, here's what we're going to do. You're going to prep the question. Eric can think about it, but sure. then I need we need to tell about the sponsors. All right. So go ahead and prep the question.
3: Tell them what the question is going to be, Tim. I mean, I got to ask, do you have any stories related to Fast and Furious at all? Oh, or God, there it is. Diesel. But, but first, but let's first ladies about and our gentlemen, sponsors. let me remind
0: you, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support our show, just like our Patreon producers, Mark Johnson, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, and Steve Powers did. Today, we're brought to you by Canva. And hey, let's find all about that.
6: Let's find all about that. Let's hear from Canva. This show is brought to you by Canva. Listen, design is hard. I'm talking about art design. Even making thumbnails in Photoshop can be hard sometimes for me. But that's why I'm excited to tell you about Canva. Kind of Funny loves Canva. Tim Geddes himself says that it is super useful and easy to use. It makes all different kinds of design stuff. You just pick the styles you like and it does all of the work. Super helpful for creators. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. It's a quick, easy and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time saving tools to simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all of this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to Canva.me slash kinda funny to get your free 45-day extended trial. That is C-A-N-V-A.me slash kinda funny. Canva.me slash kinda funny.
0: Okay, so here it is. This is the moment Tim's been waiting for, Eric Goldman. What Fast and Furious stories do you have?
4: Man, I wish I had good Fast and Furious stories is what my answer is, uh, because that is not a, I've never done a set visit. I've never done a junket. I I was supposed to do the F9 junket and it just didn't work out as a little bit. Not not a story, it just didn't work out. Um, The only thing I've covered for Fast and Furious is the theme park ride openings. Cause I'm a big yep. theme park guy. Uh, and so when Supercharged did not, I didn't go to the Orlando one, but when it opened in LA, I went to that. And so I did like, you know, a big group interview with Vin Diesel for that. They did a fun car stunt where on the back, a lot of Universal Studios, like they had a car like burst through a sign that said that's a Various Supercharged and do like a big uh, launch. And uh, Statham was there and Tyrese was there. I think Michelle Rodriguez was there, but unfortunately, that is my only like personal Fast and Furious story. Uh, just because unfortunately, I haven't gotten to cover the the movie. He's like, I go to press screenings from them. I am a big champion of them, and I wish I still had my Two Fast Too Furious T-shirt with the UPS logo on the sleeve from mm-hmm. a press event where Universal had a big UPS tie-in that year. Uh, and uh, I, I love that logo shirt, and I should have held on to it. <laughs> but, you uh, have
3: any Vin Diesel stories, even if they're unrelated to? Fast and <laughs>
4: Uh, god this is this is your you're taking me down a, a sad road never interview like that the it's only time I've, the only it's time i've sad. talked to him but he's family <laughs> the only time i've talked to that to the man was at that same event that that the fast and very supercharged event and that was like a me you know getting in one quick question with him uh so yeah unfortunately i have no vin diesel queries the fact that uh he is who he is and the persona he is and he loves D D. he's a fascinating gentleman uh, but yeah, one one day uh, I, there's two more Fast and Furious movies. I'm determined to cover them. Once I you back there's. on the show
3: <laughs> to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
4: yes. I'm yeah, you well. know I'm, I'm I'm honestly very curious with. With COVID, there's of course, there's no set visits right now. Understandable, especially like sure. Hollywood, like the protocols, which are still super hardcore, even as like other restrictions lift. So that's kind of something, I mean, as we're all curious how everything, when will conventions come back? When will they come back? I'm like, when will set visits come back?
5: Or that, like, or
4: in person junkets, like, One of the the, my last big trip, my last trip at all before uh, the lockdown last year was San Francisco for President's Day weekend. But my last big trip was right at the end of uh, January 2020 for the Birds of Prey junket oh nice it doesn't happen all the time but once in a while they fly you somewhere really cool for a junket uh and so they did the birds of prey junket in london uh i was like yeah i'll go to london yeah i'll go to london, yeah, to go to london for a birds of prey junket <laughs> yes. That sounds amazing
0: for sure <laughs> and so that's the thing you got no fast and furious stories that's fine that's a, that was a clown shoes question from somebody who doesn't have any taste i know no, you no, have no. taste and i want to hear your best smallville stories because i'm i remember talking smallville <laughs> with you and i remember reading the reviews and i remember <laughs> both of us being at ign and you having images and you would send me things from the
4: set and I'd be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um smallville, yeah. I so I you know smallville I, I covered in its later years. Um I, I wasn't watching early on and I wasn't an IGN early on, but I definitely yeah. covered uh the the last few seasons. I went to the set um I want to say like maybe three times. Um and they were all f- f- uh, fun set visits. I do remember the first time I interviewed Sam Whitwer and I had no idea that he was like as hardcore, uh, like a geek as me. And it was funny because they left me and him in a room to talk. We're supposed to talk about Smallville, but I'm like, well, I'm going to get in a Force Unleashed question because I Force. do work for IGN. I know, mm. I know what I should do this, uh, but I didn't know that, oh, this guy's like as big a Star Wars fan as I am. And we just went into an, a giant, giant rabbit hole. I can say that that was a funny stuff, because and this this can happen again on stuff with, with timing and whatnot. That was a small group one. So I think maybe there was like five or six of us. We talked to everyone pretty quickly, uh, and it was. Welling uh, wasn't there that day, but we talked. Was, <laughs> we talked to uh, Whitwer, and we talked to like Cassidy Freeman and a, and a few people. But the one sort of there from the beginning person we were waiting for was Allison Mack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who hasn't done anything lately to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I was going
1: to say, you're going to wait about three to 10 for her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
4: but I just remember that um, uh, the, this, there's many other things we could talk about with Alison Mac. This wasn't her fault. She was filming, but it was one of those things where we were there dramatically long time because we got, I think we got there like near the end of the day. We got three or four people very quickly, but then we waited hours for Alison Mack. And it was like almost one in the morning. And she rapped, and I talked to her. The only way to talk to her, again, because they just rapped, she wants to go home to do who knows what. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but we did, it. so we did a walk and talk, because she walked to her trailer, I interviewed her walking along with her, and then outside her trailer, talked to her for a while. Um, and then the other there was a lot of press lines, um, yeah. Tom Welling uh, at the end, because he, he kind of, not, not not notoriously just some people do something he didn't do comic-con i don't know if he ever did it maybe maybe the first season but certainly for the brunt of the show but he came for the final season and that was a big deal uh the tumbling like did the press line for the final season and was there um and then you know, i'm trying to remember uh, um yeah just a lot of fun times in the set like the uh the the barn set i've got some fun pictures on i've got pictures um with uh natalie abrams who Went from being a reporter to a TV writer and now writes for Batwoman. But she and I are sitting at Lewis and Clark's desk. uh, Look at that. Being being all silly um, Daily
0: Planet you know i i, I again because we were obviously colleagues but never yeah. like you know super close again because of the distance we all all everybody always enjoyed partying and hanging out with each other right yeah but i remember one of the few favors i think i ever asked you for was can you get me into that smallville panel that last comic-con oh. panel and you fucking did it you no. got me in i remember no. sitting there john That's schneider nice came out i fucking hopped <laughs> for it he showed his driver's license to the audience didn't realize his address was on it for some reason and we <laughs> see, that, was, some. that was
1: always one of the cool benefits of being video right it was when these guys guys need video guys there was only one person one or two people actually uh, toward the end of my snit there down in LA and if they were spread thinly the call would come up to northern California it would hit Fran's desk it would sit in his email for about 15 days, and finally, after Eric hit him about 15 times, Frank would be like, <laughs> "Fine." Does anyone want to go to, you know, help Eric Goldman do this cool thing? And I'd be like, "Me and Ty would always raise our yeah, hands because we were like, of course, dude! We absolutely.' First off, it was if it was in L.A., it meant we got to hang out with all the L.A. guys, and second off, it just got it meant we got a reprieve from i mean video game junkets which were or video game press events which were fun but we had seen those people for nine years straight i was like yeah dude i want to go to like set business i want to do this cool stuff and then of course comic-con would roll around it would just be like just a just a cacophony of waves smashing against each other with a lot of alcohol in it and that would just be super fun
0: that's the thing i feel like you know like and i, and I don't know goldman you have to tell me but i feel like now you, you this is your job right in the same way yeah. like i don't you know, mark out to talk to you know Troy anymore, or uh, you yeah, know yeah. Uh, Neil, or you name any you know big name in game like I know that Phil Spencer's coming on the games cast next week. that's fucking awesome, but I'm not like, oh my God, what am I going to say to Phil right, Spencer right, you know right. I mean? like I distinctly remember. The moment, but not the trailer, I guess. Nick, you'll have to help me. But do you remember when it was it might have been our last Comic Con at IGN where it was the Walking Dead cast was on set, it was uh <laughs> Andrew Lincoln, it was Chandler Riggs, and they had just gotten there and we were watching
1: some trailer that just dropped. I feel like it was yeah. Batman v Superman, wasn't it? Was or it what? Batman V Superman? Yeah, I it was I think it was Batman V Superman because I remember Darren Brazil being like, No, check this like, out. And it was a shot where it, yeah. it, it fades up and he's just like, You bleed. Yeah. You bleed. And it was the cool eyes and, and we were and we watched it. we
0: thought it was so Cool, and then we turned around, and Andrew Lincoln was there, and he was like, "We watched it again," and everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we can, Rick Grimes, no problem, we'll
1: play that again for you." Yeah, that was always what was cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, my, my, that was the same event where I turned around and Daniel Radcliffe was just chilling. At some point, I the was wart. like, I was like, oh, yeah. is fucking Daniel Radcliffe here? And he was like, Hello. And he's just smiling the entire time, just looking around. I'm like, this is fucking Oh weird, yeah. Roth
4: and I did that interview. We were very, very, very excited. That um, was
1: yeah, it was fun, man. I talk about a guy that just seemed like he was pretty happy, go lucky. Radcliffe just was like, cool. I'm oh, yeah. happy. I'm, I'm here at Comic Con and having a good time. I was like, Jesus Christ.
4: The, the two things you're reminded, two stories you're reminding me of, is um, another Walking Dead one that I think might have been after you guys left, which was just uh, for some reason the Walking Dead when they came to IGM would have these funny moments. Was Lenny James trying his first ever Reese's peanut butter cup? Um, It turned out this had been a topic of conversation with his castmates that he never had one. They walked into our room and they saw we had some and the entire cast of Walking Dead gathered around him. I think I have a very blurry picture of Lenny James Putting a Reese's peanut butter cup in his mouth with all the actors from walking in did a circle around him because they wanted to see what his reaction was and if he liked it. Uh, did he like it? He did like it. He did
1: oh, like yeah, it. He liked it. That was a trick question. Of course, he likes it. He's the best
4: on the planet. <laughs> and then you mentioning Radcliffe reminded me of I've I've interviewed Emma Watson twice at Junkets. And again, Junkets four minutes. And again, they're, they're trying to get you in and out. The publicist is it's so much pressure. Like they're standing
1: Schedule, right. right
4: off camera the whole time, and they're like, two minutes. You know one minute and you know giving you all these signals to stop when it's when you're out of time. So with Emma Watson, I'm super excited to talk to her William to Harry Potter. I have a tattoo. Um and the best thing that. the best thing ever happened that could happen when you want extra time with someone in a junk kit but you know you're not going to get it, which is I walked in and they said there's a camera problem. So I was sitting there and then we got to just chat because yeah, they, they awesome. couldn't film. So for a few minutes so I got to chat with her.
1: No, that's that's unbelievable. That'd be that would for audio listeners. By the way, he has a uh, Deathly Hallows tattoo. I do,
4: so I do. Also, I helped her. Deal. Um, I helped her with her <laughs> in a roundabout way. I helped her with her college paper because I was this never happened in any other junket. We're sitting out in the hallway. This is Noah. She was doing the junket for Noah, and they come down the hall. The publicist they go, um, Emma has got a paper for school. And she's asking, it's about media. And she was wondering if uh, anyone here would be willing to fill out a survey for it. Everyone's like, everyone immediately. (laughs) So I was like, sure. So I fill out the survey and it was all about my job. It's kind of some of the stuff you guys are asking me, favorite interviews, least favorite, blah, 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 all this stuff, I fill it out. Then I walk in and I sit down with her and they have the camera problem. And so then I'm like, oh, I filled out the survey for you. She's like, you did, thank you so much. And then she says, can I take your picture? But I like, uh, sure. So yeah. Emma Watson took my picture, uh, and like uh, for something to go with the survey. I don't. Uh, maybe she still has it. I'd like to believe. That's amazing. <laughs> um, you think that every then, once
1: in a while she does the thing that I do, where you'll scroll through the thousands of pictures right, on phone, right. and she just sees you, and she's like, "What? That guy what? got me. That guy me. is single-handedly responsible for my degree from Brown University." Oh, <laughs> well, right,
4: and right. then you—that is the funny thing—is the only other time I talked to her was for Beauty and the Beast with her and Dan Stevens together, and that there was no camera. Problem this time, unfortunately. They're trying to get me out of the room, but I'm damn determined to say. How the paper go? The paper go. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, it went great. I got an A. Thank you. Like you know, thank you. We we had some joke about I helped her graduate or something. So that's hilarious. Uh, so I love I, that. I, I got my
0: moment with Emma. With her. These are all the great moments. What are the bad moments? What are the bad interviews? I He's mean, not gonna say the. Bad no, also moments. the
4: old, the one I'll say. It's almost it's funny when it becomes like everyone when you kind of understand that there's an understanding that we can all say it because it's just an it's, it's not. It's a,
1: is it Bruce Willis?
4: Not Bruce Willis, <laughs> okay. who I talked to him for G.I. Joe 2, and he was fine, if not like the most outgoing person. But the, the worst one by far was um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who oh, everyone brutal. talked like, uh, you know, People on Twitter will talk about all the time in my field because he is a notoriously bad, cranky, curt interviewee. It was Men in Black 3 um it was funny Chobot was there and she told me oh god like she told me it was just as bad as everyone had been saying because she talked to him first um and then I went in there and I was wearing I was wearing a swag jacket I was wearing a National Geographic jacket that was given to me as swag and I made a mistake I should have lied I realized because he goes I will sit down got his grumpy Tom Jones face but then he sees it he goes hmm, National Geographic work for them and there's a little bit of excitement in his voice, and I should have just said yes. Go, <laughs> oh no! He said three. He goes, "Oh, I do something for them." And I was like, "It felt like that was the only thing he was responding to." Was there was like a were... glimmer of hope <laughs> for the,
0: the, the light through the door, and then it slammed. It was over.
4: Yep. And then I'm instead, like... because like I said, four minutes, but you don't know how quick or slow people will be. So sometimes you have, if you have eight questions, you get through two. In the case of Tommy Jones, I came with like ten or a dozen because I knew he was supposed to be giving quick answers. I blew through them. I, I I ended it early. I ended my four minutes early. You time. <laughs> it was like one word, two word. I remember asking him because this is Man in Black 3. So I was asking about like seeing Josh Brolin play him. And what was that like? He's like, did a good job. He's a good actor. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's about the longest. I remember whoever cut that, whether it was like uh, Kyle or Anthony was like, we joked about how little they, if you watch that junket package, Tommy Jones has one tiny soundbite because it just wasn't anything just wasn't you know, yeah, yeah yeah like like the other brolin and will smith were like actually very like outgoing and gave me a lot yeah so that, that was my worst I, and I, I i wrote it on emma watson's paper and i uh, <laughs> told you just now
1: I was, I, I love reading IMDb trivia and who knows how much of it's true or false, or whatever. I mean, I'm sure they pull some of it from articles and stuff that you've written. But one of the things that was heartbreaking was reading the IMDb trivia on Batman Forever and realizing that Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey did not get along because Tommy Lee Jones was just a dick to him the entire time. He <laughs> it would was not just...
4: sanctions his buffoonery. That was the quote, right? I do not Yeah, sanction exactly buffoonery. When he came <laughs> in to, to, to yeah. UK, He's
0: like, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. He's like, yeah, You are terrible and I hate all your movies and I won't sanction your buffoonery. He's like, <laughs> like geez. It's God. gonna be a fun project for working on you. So making this in a more
3: positive light here, uh, mm-hmm. Eric. For the party scene, like comic cons mm-hmm. or wherever, it's like who are some people that are just fun? Celebrities uh, that are just fun to be around.
4: um The uh, Agents of the Shield cast was always pretty fun. Magna is great. Uh, always sunny guys are great oh, I bet. Go, and I, see i go way back with them and this is interesting because when i started ign um I, always sunny season two was premiering soon after and i hadn't watched season one and and uh, actually it's funny I, I think this was even early with like the fox of it all of like you know when ign was part of like uh uh fox interactive was, media fox interactive media yeah so we were doing a lot of fx stuff and always sunny i watched the screeners of season one i go this this show's funny as hell. And so I was being sent to the season two press line and the season two press line was frankly pathetic because at the time no one watched this show. That's why they added veto to season two. And there was maybe five press at the press line and me and uh, Corby Gosh, who I became friends with, I don't think she really covers stuff anymore, but we were really into the show. The other three reporters gave like just uh, ri- written questions in and out. About two weeks later I go to a press event, the TCA press store and it's a big huge Fox FX party and there's all these big celebs and they're all being swarmed, but the Only guys are there and they're being ignored. And Charlie Day walks by me and Corby that same person and, and sees us go and he goes hey, and we go hey, how's it going good, and I think one of one of us said something about like oh we're surprised you remember us or something just you guys were the only ones who watched her show that night. Like, you know, the other ones like clearly were, had never seen the show. And I ended up uh, hanging out with me and Corby End up hanging out with the, we, we sat, sat and had drinks with them at this hotel. Again, season two, things would be very different now, but at the yeah. time, no one knew who any of them were. DeVito wasn't with them. That would have been different. Uh, but it was just like the four of them and no, and the show could not be more under the radar, but they're great. They're like super nice. Always have fun hanging out with them. Um, community cast, uh, how shockingly, guys, Chevy Chase was the exception. But. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I was gonna say that was gonna be my second guess when when you had bad uh, run ins with celebrities. Uh, that was, was a Chase bad was one. Also.
4: Yeah, that was a bad one. Is he
1: just terrible? Like, it's, he, that's that's yeah. so heartbreaking to me because I fucking love Chevy Chase. Me I'm too. obviously growing up in the 80s. Yeah. Chevy Chase was one of the guys like Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, huge, huge comedic influences on all of us. And then hearing that he's just so mean to people is sad.
4: I'm literally looking at the uh, vinyl soundtrack of vacation i have framed uh <laughs> such as my love amazing. for that movie but yeah the only time i talked to chase one on one was season 1 of community the first time of many i went to the set and um it was the it was it was like tommy lee jones but i was actually you know less prepared for kurt just nothing i remember saying because he had just done um uh, a few episodes of chuck so I asked him a question mm. again. Community hasn't even premiered; no one's seen it. So you're, do, you know, you're gonna do kind of your basic like lead into the new yeah, show. Yeah, you do the shots in the dark, right? I'm yeah, like, what's yeah. You but I, what's your character? And what's your it? character? All that bullshit. But I also, I just asked because you know it was a big deal at the time that he was doing an NBC sitcom, and I just was like, oh, you did that uh, that run on show. Did that kind of make you feel like oh, this might be fun to do an ongoing character? No like you know nothing else nothing else about that experience and then i remember when you tried your hand at late night talk show and it was fucking miserable right (laughs) so that was the one bad one everyone else is great and i you know got to uh know them all the time actually here uh let me see can i show you this right now
0: see whatever you want
4: let's see it's your podcast yeah you can do it yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to show you uh it's not showing showing up on my phone i have too much shit i haven't looked at on my phone but on my home screen on my phone is uh, a picture there you go you can kind of see it's very blurry uh oh, yeah. that's danny putty allison brie and gillian jacobs um that is a photo i took on set and then allison had me email it to her and she did like some you know changing how it looked and put the sepia tones to it and then we did a sequel picture to that a few months later when i came back to set except instead of danny putty it was jim rash sitting behind standing being creepy behind them uh so those guys are great i love them and uh always always love going to that set yeah that was exactly. definitely where allison
0: brie blew our mind years and years and years and years ago on the game over greggy show where when we were in uh, not new orleans when we went to atlanta, we, went to atlanta. we were in how? boston were we at uh, okay cool but, but it was that we had just put up a podcast uh one of the game over greggy shows where she got mentioned and uh it, it, my ex-girlfriend te- 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 texted me at one point it was just like check twitter now and it was Allison Bree had listened to that podcast. Like, I have no idea. Like, she got tagged in the post, but we tag everybody if we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Right? And she had yeah, actually listened to the segment where Colin talked about her and actually responded. I was like, holy shit. I had referenced
3: awesome. what was said about her. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. it was like, well, It's like, like oh, when The Rock you, listened you listen to the podcast. To we did an
0: episode about The Rock and The Rock yeah. listened to it and did a thread about it, re- a, refuting things I was saying. In. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit, you
4: listened to the entire fucking thing. That's awesome. Um, like, I'm also, in my room, I'm also looking at a Luigi hat that Alison Brie took off her head and put on my head during a Comic-Con interview. Where I was talking to uh, Gillian Yvette and her, the, the girls of the Community, and she was wearing a Luigi hat, and we had joked about it. And then at the end, she presented and decided I didn't ask for it, and <laughs> presented it to me. Uh, so it's sitting there. Um, and then at the cool, I mean, the cool thing with LA is like, you know, just random stuff like I've seen. I saw when Alison Brie had like a, um, a trio, a, girl, a, a singing trio called Girls, um, and I went and watched them at the Viper Room. And Danny Pudi came oh, out on awesome. stage and like freestyle rapped with Alison and it's just like it's like all right this is pretty cool
1: here's my question for you why does the industry hate everything i love why did they cancel glow i don't understand why they don't give her more seasons of glow it's a
4: great show Uh, i mean don't don't get me started on netflix's decisions and (laughs) wow yeah that's a heartbreaker heartbreaker. they fucking goldman they
1: fucking they they cancel the show which is great great cast great character development interesting thing that you've never seen before which is like female wrestlers in the 80s and then they do every documentary is fucking seven parts i watched the six part like a 17 part documentary about an art theft i get to the end of it they're like no, we never solved it and i'm like fucking kill whoever what was the point this. of this what is the point of this but at least Give we have cobra glow. kai nick where's Gilpin? maybe yeah, they're, maybe that's
4: their brand now no closure whether it's documentary oh my or fiction. god
1: it's like oh. i understand i understand they have a business to run but like why don't you just make $1 million or less and just fucking give me glow? Give me more glow. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, I agree. The fact that it got that renewal for the final season and then got taken away, and I understand they couldn't film during COVID, but just give us a TV movie, some sort of closure.
1: Mark Marion's at the comedy store every night. Knock on the door and tell him to come back and film season three of that or whatever we were on. Get in the car. Done. On, we're
4: finishing this. Come on. Get Let's over go. Here. Yep, yep. I think her. I went to the premiere of season one of that and uh, Dolph Ziggler was there. For you, wrestling heads. Of course, <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: exciting. that's fun. I don't yeah, that's the that other reference. thing too. You're like, it's funny. We're talking about movies. We're talking about the things that are framing you are talking about TV. We're talking about. We haven't talked about it before, but horror movies you're super oh. into too. And then you're such a huge wrestling fan too. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you, you fit so in perfect. You're the perfect fit with us. <laughs>
1: Wait. Oh, I have a question for you. I was going to sure. ask you before we started, but I'll start. I'll just anyway because it's what this podcast is. Are you watching Hacks? Do you watch Hacks on HBO? Okay,
4: so I, I've seen a few episodes and I love it. I just so I, because there's ten million things to watch and see and read i've not finished the season but i love what i've seen of it
1: i just Wait, started I watching it better, like man. yesterday and i'm like almost through with it me and me and my wife we're just like we're gonna keep watching this all night and i just that stoked it into me because i think i think the actress from always sunny is in that right doesn't she play the daughter yes, she's, yeah. she's the, the keelan olsen she's
4: phenomenal
1: oh. in it yep. phenomenal i don't want to spoil it did you get to her piano scene yet no, um, but I got no. to the jewelry scene and it's hilarious. And they're like, wait, she's like, didn't you go to rehab? She's like, that's only for pills and powder, maybe <laughs> liquids on the diet
4: which is just fucking like, great. Yep.
3: Yeah, no, she, that, that, that
4: show's really great. And Caitlin Olson is awesome.
1: God I'm bless it. Watch hacks. watch hacks. Watch hacks. Watch Nikita for Christ's sake.
4: Yes.
0: Gene Smart. Gene Smart.
4: Nikita, you know, it was one of those shows that because it did hang by a thread. Every year, but when they and they gave it a renewal for what at the time seemed insane, but now in the streaming era doesn't for only a six episode final season. But I was like, guys, I'll take some closure over no closure. So, it, you know, yes, I wish it was more episodes than six, but if you're going to give me an ending versus these shows that just never end, I'll take the six episodes.
1: Now, what's your read on Bosch on Amazon Prime?
4: <laughs> I am not, I'm not I've, I've, I haven't given Bosch a fair shake. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. that's fine. We'll still I do remain think, neutral. I think, on I think it's amazing that they're doing a spinoff immediately about Bosch. It's like, is it a spinoff when you're just taking the main no, character? It's, a con- yeah. it's
1: literally just another season. I don't know if you yeah. guys know. They were like, this is the final season to Bosch. And then it gets announced. They're like, they're going to do a spinoff. And they're like, who's the main character? Bosch. Bosch.
5: <laughs> <laughs> like, Bosch? It's so weird. They need a new name.
1: They need, man, a new I they
4: need so. to I guess so. I guess mean, so. They they dirty Southern right? Because that show went like seven seasons. So
1: it was it's good. It's a really good show. I, I like it a lot. And Titus welliver is uh not the leading pro- I would not have pegged him as a leading man, but he's very brooding and very good. And also, it's Lance Reddick is not it, and he's fucking awesome. Everything he does. So everyone should watch Bosch. <laughs>
0: While while Nick continues to pepper you with random shows and see if you know, and you know of them all, like obviously that's your, your, your industry, your job. This is such a goofy question. It is like you're on some panel and I'm in the audience, but how, what is your normal day? Like, how much do you get to get to watch and consume on a daily basis versus writing or podcasting or doing anything else? Yeah, and then like, how do you balance, like, I, I'm assuming your wife is into your shows as well
4: then. You watch, you watch stuff with her. A lot, but not always. And she'll, you know, like she'll have phases where she's like really into them and then she'll have phases where she's like, I'm all about uh, Discovery Plus right now, and I'll be watching uh, Flea Market Flip, and I'll watch those with her at dinner, um, yeah. and we'll watch different stuff. It's hard, and, and you know, look, these days, as we all know, as I mentioned before, there's just so much you can't keep it with it. All. I'll, I'll tell you, ten years ago, I would have felt a little more shameful if I had said I've never seen Bosch sure. because it's like, well, shouldn't with your job, shouldn't you have at least tried it? But now we all understand you can't try everything. You can't watch it all. No. You can be, and I don't even, you know, my current job, I'm not, I don't have TV in my title. I'm just sort of managing editor, covering movies and TV. But I know people who are full-time TV critics, you know, Alan Sepawal, my friend at Rolling Stone, he can't watch everything. He can try to sample a lot, but there are some things you're just going to be like, I can't check that out. And it's maybe later when you will hear all the buzz. And you'll be like, okay, I'll I'll circle back to that. Uh, So yeah, I mean, my day is, you know, it's, it's, it varies, but there's meetings and there's writing and there's editing uh, and working with freelancers and then trying to, you know, make time at night I mean look um uh, I'll, I'll put in a plug that uh you know Matt Fowler and I have this podcast that we enjoy podcasts but it used to be that we enjoy wrestling podcast and the reason it's not is because I couldn't keep up with the wrestling put oh, aside you time to watch the 19 hours of wrestling right, right.
0: WWE, <laughs> AEW <Big laughs> <fan>. put
4: aside <laughs> even if it's if it's good or bad or if Raw's having a great year or a terrible year just to have that on top of everything else as like I love wrestling. I will continue to watch it, but I need to know I don't have to commit every week to watching that much. All of it. Right. (laughs) So you just, you just kind of like, yeah, it, it is tricky. And then you'll get the backlog. And then a lot of times my weekend's like, okay, let's, let's catch up. Um, even this holiday weekend, I was watching a bunch of screeners. I was just like, power i watched all four episodes of the new gossip girl they sent me um all i can say is i liked it enough to watch all four you know even yeah, though i wouldn't be it's like it's not like great tv but there is something to be said when you're just like oh this is watchable this is fun i'll keep going it's midnight i'll watch episode three of the new gossip girl sure. um but yeah it, it gets it, there's certainly the times where i'm like oh shit i fell behind and i'm trying to catch up and the season's ending and i want to write a feature about something but i need to you know power through power through it all yep like something just fell through um i'll just say like there was something we almost did for mythic quest that didn't happen but i appreciated that it got me to catch on mythic quest i love mythic quest it wasn't sure. like i was so like, good
1: so i still good. haven't messed with it i haven't messed up. i see the, the thumbnails everywhere and i'm like mm, give, give it
2: nikki give it like a couple episodes There's yeah. a, there's a really good like uh not a flashback episode but an episode that takes place like starting in the 90s once okay. you get to that episode that's when like both Alyssa and I were both like oh we're in the show is fantastic.
1: It's deep on my list right now unfortunately I've got a backlog of the 17 documentaries I have to watch on Netflix that are all 13 parts uh. and all three <laughs> parts of Fear Street which I haven't even started yet but apparently there's two more movies that I got to catch up on now. There
4: are there are. Well the, the third one the second one debuts tomorrow and the third one a week so you, you got some That's
1: time. a weird schedule for them like what wow. I wonder what the the I wonder what the choice was for that. Because these the, are feature-length the, films, right? They
4: are feature-length films that were made to be released theatrically. And I think originally we're going to be maybe released. I, I might be wrong here, but I think they're going to be released like a month apart or something when it was supposed to be theatrical. So cool they were just hell. like,
1: fuck it. We're going to put them out a week apart So from Netflix
4: other? bought it. And I think it's like, well, this isn't like a series. So our thing is releasing like a series all at once. But I guess we'll, yeah, we'll space them out as like a three-week thing. So
1: I saw the first one. I was like, "Oh, it's like Stranger Things meets Fear I'll, or, or Scream, rather." I'll watch this. Yeah. Fear would be interesting if it was Mark Wahlberg. But um, <laughs> I was Let like, "Oh, this!" House. I was like, "This sounds cool." And they're like, "By the way, there's two more coming." I'm like, "What? That's overwhelming."
4: <laughs> uh, that movie, uh, that that the distribution company—I'm forgetting who—the company who made it until early last year had a distribution deal with 20th Century Fox. So there's the, the universe where Disney is releasing these movies through 20th right now oh, okay but instead the deal last lapsed and disney didn't renew it and they went with netflix so oh, man uh, it almost was disney's fear street that'd be crazy I that know. was bonkers <laughs> but disney at this point owns you know american horror story so we live in Korea, they own always, everything always i think they own tim actually we're not quite sure but i think tim oh,
1: sold yeah. to disney a while yeah he went down to avengers well.
4: campus
0: i'm pretty sure they, that was the yeah. when they
4: signed the contract oh, yeah, yeah. it was worth it, it yeah, was i good. still haven't been to avengers campus by the way so. oh you're gonna love it Eric. i can't know. wait I know. I just uh, went to uh, uh, Orlando, though, two weeks ago and rode the VelociCoaster at Universal Orlando and oh. chef's kiss on that one. That was a, a great, great ride.
0: Eric, I want you uh, to stick around, obviously. We have a post show to do, but okay. the, the topic of the post show will be Matt Fowler. That oh, That is it, because I need, I know, obviously, Matt Fowler, just like I know you through IGN. Of course, Matt Fowler uh, was at IGN for the longest time, still freelances there, Freelances mm-hmm. with you now at fan- Fandom and stuff, but you used to do the, just the most... Uh, I, I, the most amazing wrestling recaps. I think mean, he still does it, but not for IGN. I'm, I'm mixing stories, but Matt's wrestling recaps are amazing. But mainly yes. I want to talk about the fact that you were childhood best friends that have been together and worked together forever, which is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. If yeah. like, imagine if Poe was on the kind of funny podcast full time. Like I can't get <laughs> over the fact you were able to do it. Uh, but Eric, thank you so much for coming through the main show today with us. No problem. Great to be here. Thanks for having me guys.
4: Uh, where can people keep up with you? uh fandom.com you'll find my articles uh like you said the eric goldman on twitter and instagram and uh the we enjoy podcast. wherever podcasts can be listened to
0: podcasts like this one because of course this was the kind of funny podcast mm-hmm. each and every week twice a week four best friends gather on this table each coming to bullshit with each other whatever about whatever they want to bullshit about i forgot to tell you at the top of the show Andy got bit by snakes again i'm sorry yeah, he got bitten two course oh my god that's i didn't
1: it. even notice he wasn't here
0: I know, right? Well, you know, Andy over here, he That's would have talked about nice. hyperlight like drifter. He was like yeah. TV and movies. I got nothing to I've say about that. I've been hearing him scream
2: from the other room, and I just like I wanted to go. The snakes help him are out, still biting him, but like Eric was <laughs> telling so many great stories. I was I was so I didn't I Understand? If he yeah, can't yeah, find yeah. his way out he's of his okay. own
1: room with some snake bites on his eyes, then he's fucking doomed
0: remember ladies and gentlemen if you want to support us if you want to get your name read, if you want to get your questions read, if you want to watch us record the shows live you can go to patreon.com slash kind do it all there of course support the broadcast but if you have no bucks to toss away no big deal youtube.com slash kind roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week twice a week right now though we got to go to patreon.com slash kind do that post show so until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you all right mr Goldman. <laughs> matt fowler how sure. the fuck did you meet this kid and then were you just like aligned the entire life of like well you know we should do we should write about things we should write
4: about movies and tvs and the, the, the wrestling um i met matt so the thing is i, I grew up in la that is the truth but uh it's a little messier to explain that I, As I while i grew up in la i lived for just two years in new york seventh okay. and eighth grade uh, my mom, post-divorce, is like, I'm going back to New York, and I'm taking my kid with me. Um, and we went to New York, and that's where I met Matt, um, at, at my uh, school there. And he is my classmate, and we quickly bonded over all the geeky shit we all we both loved, and we became friends. But the fact is, I'm sure we wouldn't have remained, uh, I shouldn't say sure, very likely wouldn't have remained friends, especially in a pre-internet world, pre-cell phone world, if it were not for the fact that his dad lived in L.A. So while I, after eighth grade, went back to LA and that's where I went to high school, Matt would be in LA for the holidays and all summer with no friends there because he was a New Yorker. And so for that reason, we would still see each other through high school, you know, a couple times a year he'd be out and, you know, then we could go to the movies during the summer. So that's just how we retained our friendship um, and then, yeah, college. Like he was going to UCLA, even though I was in Boston for college. When I was, you know, sometimes I'd be home before he got out for the school years. We got, you know, go to movies and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, after after college, he he moved out here and we we became roommates. Uh, he was uh, my roommate when I was working at the Virgin Mega store. And yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, stay. And then, yeah, at that, that point, at that point now we're living in the same city again for the first time since seventh grade. This is sure. like right after college. And then we move in together. And so uh, that's, you know, basically solidified. Not Again, we obviously uh, stayed friends the, the whole time. And then, yeah, just uh, after that, we, you know, we lived together for a few years and he got married, moved out. But when I worked at IGN, I knew he was a good writer. Um, and we talked about covering wrestling as well. And yeah, brought him on board. So that's the, That's how I've known him that long and have like crazy running jokes and, you know, things, <laughs> you know, can talk about, you know, shit that happened to us in Manhattan in seventh grade, uh, going back. It's outrageous, that man. It's outrageous. It is, I
0: it, yes. man. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I know, uh, you know, Tim kind of does it working with Kevin, right? Like in like even getting Alfredo into IGN and now having a roost teeth, all these different things. But it's like so outrageous to me that yeah, talk about something in seventh grade that would then be, you know, I don't know. I guess it's because I, you know, I ran away from my old life. <laughs> First <laughs> in Missouri and then out here, where it's like, it's so weird. And it's weird to see people out here that I know from in my old life. Like, uh, one yeah. of the, when we, that Halloween, I, we, Jen and I went and volunteered at the Children's Hospital. Like, one of the people there was a, a guy volunteering, was a guy I went to high school with. And it was just like this really weird mashup of, This life I haven't thought about, right, at the time, what, 12 years? And then suddenly it's like, oh, I guess even longer than that, actually, more like 16 years, and then there it was on top of me.
4: Yeah, it's weird for me because, you know, obviously I grew up in L.A., but most of my high school friends don't live in L.A., However, I went to Emerson, which was a school where almost everyone wanted to like be in the industry. So after I graduated school and I came back to LA, it's like all my friends came with me and it was very surreal. It was great, but it was also weird. Like, oh wow. Like all these people I met in Boston have now all come to the city that I grew up in. Um, Now, Matt, we didn't go to college together, but it kind of, it felt grouped in with that because he moved at the same exact time. Like he was going to NYU at that point, but then he moved back to LA and kind of became integrated into my college friends because we were all just out of college working retail jobs and you know Matt Matt was now part of the crew. We all we we were we were really stupid, like not stupid, just funny to think back that after college. Like me and like ten of my friends, we all lived on the same block in Sherman Oaks. It's like we, didn't, we didn't we didn't want to give up the dorm life just yet, so we all <laughs> lived in like three different apartment buildings. And Matt was my roommate, so he was the only non-Emerson person. But then we all just obviously hung out and they accepted him nonetheless. The same <laughs> my next question about Matt Fowler is this: How
0: old
3: is Matt Fowler?
1: Same exact age as me, forty-five.
0: How old are you?
3: Forty-five.
1: Yep. Because
0: Matt Fowler is a grandfather already.
3: Yes. About this. the actual hell no way
0: <laughs>
5: yes yes Man,
0: I'm, um, I'm i'm popping kid number one out at 38 this, <laughs> 45 is, he's a grandfather this is all just for us right this is not patreon i mean yeah this is the this is the post show okay i won't say anything i have nothing like juicy but no Matt, well, I, mean, uh, I wouldn't have brought it up if he doesn't tweet about it publicly yeah yeah, like, no, yeah. he's yeah he
4: he he um uh, he got married and she had a daughter so it's like he was her stepdad, but it's one of those things my sister has a very similar situation with her. Sure, technically stepdad, but in this kid's life from the so young, totally. so he is like the second father to so, so that is how, but but that is kind of how he ended up with grandkids very early. Um, but it is funny because it's like I think just people these days get like you know married older and start having kids yeah. older uh so while yeah technically it's funny it's, it's like CW rules right because I joke about on the CW <laughs> all the parents are like young and hot yeah. um but, and, and the grandparents are like you know the age that really in real life most parents would be uh but Matt is like a CW age um grandparent you know
0: no, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I run through it all the time with my college friends, right. Where, you know, I got, I got married super young and divorced super young, but I was due on that very, you know, Midwest middle of America track. Right. And so now you're like the people who st- stuck around there, God bless them and stuff. But like, you know what their kids are, you know, I, I remember having a joke about one of them of like, I forgot to mail. I wrote a birthday card to his son for his one year birthday. Right. But I wrote it to him as I'd write a a birthday card to Nick, you know, just in an adult Mm -hmm. way or whatever. And then I forgot to send it. And I was like, I'm going to send it to him on his 18th birthday. Ha ha ha. And It's still over in the filing cabinet. And the 18th birthday now is like, what, it's four years away. It's yeah. like that kind of ridiculous Damn. thing of like, my oh, God, wild. like this And the kid has no fucking idea who I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, We're not <laughs> close like, friends
1: like we were at the time. You know the thing I mean? that anyone's like, ever done. I've <laughs> been, been talk waiting about, 18 like, years to send this to you.
0: Drastic that change has been like how different it is? It's, I mean, maybe, up, sorry, I'll go for uh, it. No, go,
4: go, go ahead. I was just going to say that you know clearly at this age like I have many friends who have kids but Matt is the only grandparent of, oh, sure. of, of someone I went to school with uh so it is it is just a funny thing that it still throws me too when he's like oh you know my grandkid I was like what uh, as someone, as someone doesn't have kids and I'm still like oh it must be must be interesting to have kids but it must be really interesting to have grandkids you know my, my sister and brother are a lot older than me so like my my sister became like a grandmother and that was kind of a funny weird thing but i i still it was like you know because she was you know a decade older than me it still was like something that attracts I, I a bit more right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. As, as far as matt who's just been like my peer my whole life having a grandkid but <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone has good, their old, own man track. <laughs> good, good old man fowler writing good wrestling
0: reports everybody go dig those out because
4: they're hilarious they all... are great uh yeah i thought the wrestling rap was uh, was great i was i was sad when it when it went away yep we, we try to do, uh, we do like some one-off uh, wrestling wrap-ups. Like we'll do one for SummerSlam, I think. Actually, Matt and I are going to see each other. We're going to Vegas for SummerSlam. Uh, oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, too to see each other and see wrestling again for the ra- I saw a wrestling show last February. It was one of my last live events. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: was, I time. was on tap to take You know, I, I, the joke with the, you know, uh, me about to become a kid, uh, a father is the idea that like I have to maintain this level of internet celebrity long enough for that kid to get the perks that we have now. Like, right. Oh, Cause right, it's that right, thing right. of like, w- uh, it was supposed to be March 26th. We were going to go back to uh, Chicago and I was going to, for the first time as this level of internet celebrity take poe and camps and camps his wife and my mom to the you know uh all-state arena in rosemont go show them smackdown or whatever that was yeah. friday Night smackdown me and woods were going to do a thing backstage it was going to be this amazing thing and the closer we got to march 26 the more corona r- ramped up mm. this is 2020 march yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah
4: um it's, it's funny because uh my uh, my wife's sister very same situation as me her her sister is a decade older so her sister's daughter has had her first baby so i am a great uncle which is instead of, i don't know why they use great not uh, not not grand but it's like it's the same thing <laughs> you so i that all right you're great not grand so Good. it is funny because i have like nieces and nephews but then i now have a a great niece and a great, yeah, you know, have a couple of, but uh, the, those kids do get uh, some of the perks of my job, especially if I get like a lot of like random, like I've been getting a lot of like Disney books lately, yeah, um, like just publishing stuff from Disney, sure. including some of it's like novels, but some of it's just like made for preschool kids, so it's like perfect, like I mean, I, you know, but even just the, it on.
1: even just the culture, right? Like I remember going to my dad's office and I love my dad to death, but he was like, you know, he worked and in we, a normal office and you'd go there, and the, the most exciting thing I would see was the candy bowl, and that was all always like i'm like well i got the candy bowl and then once i ate that piece of candy tim i was like i got nothing to look forward to for the rest of this office visit but yeah. for you you shimmels i mean look at freaking greg's got 15 superman statues back there and probably tom welling in his closet for all we know we don't even know <laughs> so this kid's gonna grow up in a very creative environment yeah i'm sure they'll hate it and want to be an accountant it'll suck
0: probably you know what i mean they'll want they won't want to go to the ghostbusters closet it'll suck him mean, it's gonna be terrible nobody
3: wants to be an accountant just end up that way. Some people, want to be if a if some people want to be accountants. They like the
1: stability and they like working with money. Yeah, and no, they, want, they want to be stable. They don't want to be accountants. That's fair.
4: I gave, fair. Uh, I, gave shit, I gave Matt shit numbers. I gave Matt shit for for not uh, getting his kids into Star Wars uh, because he didn't plan for. I, I had some friends who had kids and they're like they were like. I am gonna make sure they're Star Wars fans, and I've got a plan. My friend Brian was like, "I'm gonna read them the little gold books of Star Wars first when they're really little, and then yeah, put the yeah. characters in their mind." And like he had a whole buildup, but Matt didn't do that, and he, he told me the the worst thing he could tell me, which is that he showed his son Star Wars for the first time, and his son said, "Oh, this is like Family Guy because his mm-hmm. son had seen the Family yep. Guy parodies yes, first." I <laughs> so was like, "No, that no. is the opposite
1: way. That's like when I accidentally showed my wife Predators." And then I was like, do you want to watch the first one? She's like, I'd love to. And then she's like, this is like kind of a knockoff for that one we just watched. I'm like,
5: no, <laughs>
1: what
4: have I done?
1: Eric, thank you so much for all your time today.
4: No, no problem. It was very fun, guys. It's great catching up. Great seeing you. Uh, keep doing well. And uh, congrats on the uh, impending child, Greg.
0: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching, of course, on patreon.com slash kind of funny. We couldn't do this without you. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.